honored to be here today with you. On home team weekend, I'm just honored to be here. Um, and I want to give honor where honor is due and honor our lead pastors, Pastor Rob and Becca Ketterling, um, for just believing in the young communicators of this church. How amazing is that, that they believe in us to give us a platform to talk to you. I'm honored that I get to just share what's on my heart today with you. So I am Tasana Gullickson, and I am one of the kids pastors here at the Apple Valley campus. And I uh, have the privilege of working with three to five-year-olds. And I love working with three to five-year-olds because at that age, kids are starting to form their opinions on the world, but they're not too cool for you yet. And they often tell you when they did something wrong still. So a three-year-old will come up to you and say, teacher, I colored on the wall. And you're like, great, why did you do that? So I love, love that age group. Um, I am married to the most amazing man, Sam. And I was born and raised in Minneapolis. Um, and about four months ago, we moved to Apple Valley. We've been at the Apple Valley campus for three months. So I can officially say we are now suburban people, which is awesome. Uh, a little fun fact about me, I love documentaries. Uh, Sam also loves documentaries, but he loves like planet Earth and wildlife documentaries. I do not. So we don't watch them together. But enough about me. Um, we're in our series, Kingdom Culture, which is our summer series, 10-week series. And we're learning about the journey from becoming a believer to a disciple. And in weeks one and two, we learned about how to be committed to Christ and be committed to other people like Christ is, and then how to love other people just as Christ loves us. And today I have the opportunity to talk to you about the heart of a servant. And this is one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, so if you have your Bibles, you can op open up to Philippians 2 with me. And bear with me, this is kind of long to start out with, but therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. We're going to unpack this a little bit before we do. Let's pray. Jesus, I just thank you so much for every person in this room. I thank you that you brought them here tonight because I know there's a divine reason why they're here. Holy Spirit, I pray that it's your words tonight that come out of my mouth and not my own. I pray that you, you show us ways in which we can open up more of our servant's heart and that we can walk out of here with more of a mindset to be that servant, just as you've served us. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Okay, so in our lives, we've all looked at someone as an example, right? Whether that's a teacher, a parent, a sibling, a friend, a celebrity, we've all looked up to someone at some point in our life. And I am the oldest of three kids in our family, so I often had the privilege of being the one looked up to by my two younger siblings. And my sister Carly, she is the middle child. And when we were younger, she used to do everything that I did. She would make the same decisions I made. She would say the same things I did, literally everything. And it used to drive me nuts. But when I was in first grade, I had a salad bowl haircut. Does anyone else, did anyone else have one of those at some point in their lives? So I had a, a salad bowl haircut, bangs straight across, gap between my two front teeth. I was looking real good in first grade. Um, and my sister, she was still at home with my mom. And we, I came home from school one day and she ran downstairs all proud because she had cut her own hair to look like mine. And it was, it, 
it looked awful. But I thought it was hilarious. My parents didn't think so, so much. But my point in saying this is because we all have an example to look at when we look at how to be a servant. And that example is Jesus. So in order to serve, we need to recognize we have been served already. And we need to unify with Christ. In Philippians 2, again, it says, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Jesus had lived an an eternity of splendor in heaven, and the angels had sung his praises, and he willingly chose to step out of heaven. And that Bible verse says that he made himself nothing. He didn't just step out of heaven. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. In his time on earth, he was willing to be mocked, tortured, and ultimately crucified to serve you and me. And so I want to talk about the Last Supper a little bit. So the Last Supper was a time where Jesus had his 12 disciples in the room. And um, he was giving them instructions, kind of talking to them about what was going to happen. And the Bible says that an argument arose between the disciples on who was the greatest. Okay, think about this. These disciples had seen the miracles that Jesus had done on this earth. They had seen him sit with sinners. They had seen him serve the lowest of the low. And they were so selfishly looking at who the greatest was among them and who would sit next to Jesus. So Jesus said in Luke 22, in this world, the kings and great men lord over it over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like the servant. So I follow Jesus and Jesus was a humble servant. So if I follow him, I must be a servant too. And if I'm serious about being kids pastor and you can insert whatever you do, if you're serious about being a nurse or in the business world or whatever it is, their mom, whatever it is that you do, We need to be servants first and foremost. And at the end of the day, I am not looking for anyone else's approval except for Jesus's because he is the example that we look to. To serve wholeheartedly in humility, we must value others above ourselves. Um, When I think about humility in the Bible, I think about the story of Esther. And this is one of my favorite stories. Actually, if you have a flight lab child, three to five years old, we're learning about Esther. So you can talk to them about this. Um, But Esther in the Bible um, was a Jew living in Persia at the time, okay? And Jews were exiled to Persia, so they were not very liked people in Persia. And there was a king named King Xerxes. I'm just going to set up the story a little bit, so bear with me. There was a king named King Xerxes who appointed Esther as queen. So the mere fact that King Xerxes appointed Esther as queen just goes to show you that God can use ungodly people to serve his purpose. But that is beside the point. Um, Well, that's a good point, but it's beside the point. Um, And so Esther becomes queen. Her cousin Mordecai, so this is another character in this story. Her cousin Mordecai is a really trusted elder by King Xerxes, okay? And now there's this other character named Haman, and Haman is not a nice man. He's kind of like the prime minister of Persia at the time. And so Haman comes up with this big plan to kill all the Jews in Persia, Okay. Are you tracking? Okay, awesome. Um, Comes up with this big plan to kill all the Jews in Persia. And Mordecai overhears this plan. And so he goes to Esther and he says, Esther, they're going to kill all the Jews. You're a Jew. I'm a Jew. There are people. What do we do? And, And in the Bible, Esther knew exactly what her purpose was, that this was her purpose of being queen. 
And she says in Esther 4, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So although Esther was queen, she did not become arrogant or prideful in her time being queen. And at the end of the day, she chose other people above herself. And this is kind of the secret sauce of serving and having a servant's heart. So we can step out and we can join a serve day team, as we talked about in announcements. Or we can step out and join a life team here at River Valley. Or we can give our spare change to kingdom builders. But what matters is where our heart is in those actions. And it doesn't, I'm not saying we need to have our heart there to step out. I'm saying we need to have our heart ready for what God's going to do when we step out. So growing up, I was very involved in church. Um, I was a Sunday school teacher. I was an altar server. I grew up in a Catholic church. It was awesome. But it wasn't until I was older that I realized I wasn't owning my place in the church. I was renting it. And when I say that, I came to serve only as long as I felt that my needs were met. I served to receive praise, to be seen, and to felt needed. And maybe you're in this room and you feel like this is exactly where you are. But let me tell you something. The more we focus on ourselves, and this sounds kind of cliche, but just grab a hold of this. The more we focus on ourselves, the more it sucks us in. Focusing on others through the guidance and the example of Jesus with a true heart for people breaks this orbit. Um, I want to share a story quick about my husband and I when we were attending the Minneapolis campus. Uh, Sam was a youth leader there. And uh, it was one of the youth services, and he was praying with a group of students. Um, and after he was done praying, I was outside in the lobby. He came out in the lobby, and he said, this is shortly, actually, I should back up. This is shortly before Christmas. Okay, let me just set that up. And if you know me in this room, you know I love Christmas. My two favorite holidays are Christmas and Christmas. I, I like, like, would do anything for Christmas. Um, and so this is shortly before Christmas. So he's done praying with these students. He comes out and finds me in the lobby and he says, hey, these students are going through something really tough. They don't really have a family to spend Christmas with. So I told them we're going to spend Christmas Eve with them. And my gut reaction was, you blew it. This is Christmas. Like, what are you talking about? This is going to be awful. Like, what are we doing? And very quickly, I realized that we were in relationship with those students for that purpose. When God puts people in your way while you're on your way, there's a reason for that. Um, believers want to protect their privacy and their time, but disciples understand that God has put them in relationship for a reason. Believers have their own agenda, but disciples can flex on the need of others. And I'm not saying this because I have it down. Nobody is perfect in this. I'm saying this because this is how we develop a servant's heart, okay? So in humility, if I consider you above me, and you consider me above you, and Jesus is above both of us. At the end of the day, we have a community where everyone is looked up to, and everybody is seen, known, loved, and respected. So if we know that Jesus is the example, and we know that we need to strive for a humble heart when we serve, now we can begin to develop and continue to sustain a servant's heart. Because how many know you don't just get there? It's something you constantly have to work at, something you have to sustain and feed and pour into. So in Pastor Rob's book, Fix It, he talks about ways we can serve in three specific areas. And I love this way to look at it. It's general, gathered, and giving. We can also look at this at the as through the lens of community, family, and our church. 
So in a general sense, sign up for a serve day opportunity, which is coming up. And I, I promise you, this, this um, weekend was not set up right before that. So that is 100% the Lord, which is awesome. Um, sign up, that's a general, a general way. Those are things that you can't just merely cut a check for, okay? And then gathered, this is signing up for a life team. This is being with the kids, shameless plug there, being with the kids, being with the youth, ushering, whatever it is, signing up for a life team and doing it with community. But then I want to pause on gifting for a minute because each one of you in this room has been gifted with a specific gift and that gift is needed in this church. It's needed in this community. It's needed just in this world. The world needs the giftings that you have. And so that's not just serving on a life team. It's actually using the gifts that God has given you to serve the church, to serve your community, to serve your family. In 1 Peter, it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. But I want to be clear about what serving is not. Okay, I think this is important. Serving is not about winning over the approval of others. It is not expecting something in return. It's not, it is about recklessly pursuing those around us for only the Lord's well done. Okay, only the Lord's well done. Only the Lord's approval. It's about giving and not getting anything in return, which is so hard, I know. When we give and we don't expect to get, doors that you didn't know needed to be opened, chains that you didn't know needed to be broken off, and burdens you didn't know you were carrying are all released. And this is, it's a process. It doesn't just happen. But the beautiful thing is that as humans, we crave community. We crave to be in relationship and we're programmed to be in relationship with each other. So God designed community to have serving opportunities right outside our front door, right in front of us. Each opportunity to serve is a small death of our comfort and plans, but it leads to a deeper understanding, more affection and stronger relationships. So practically, Get to know your neighbor's name. I'm one that's not great with names, but it's something I always work in the front of my mind, always work on. Really listen to the person you're talking to after service in the lobby. Be okay being inconvenienced to help others. Serving is one of the greatest tools to open the hearts of people to Jesus. Serve your family. And this is going to sound a little counterintuitive, but first and foremost, before you serve your family, focus on yourself so your family can get the best version of you because they often don't get the best version of you. Ask God to show you areas in which you're lacking, but also areas in which you're thriving within your family. And serve the church. God's design for the church is for every person to play an important role. Okay, so I'm pretty clumsy. I'll just admit it up here. Can't take it back now. I'm pretty clumsy. I also played volleyball and basketball growing up. I was a setter in volleyball, so I use my fingers a lot. Um, So being a setter in volleyball and being a clumsy basketball player, I broke a lot of bones, okay? And I broke a lot of fingers and toes. And I've broken the same pinky toe four times, okay? But you would think, okay, a finger, if you've ever broken a finger or a toe, it's it's really not the end of the world. You just tape it to another finger. You're fine. It's not the worst pain you can be in. You're good. And you would think even more so a pinky toe. It's a pinky toe. You're fine. But when you break your pinky toe, I don't know if anyone in here has broken your pinky toe. It hurts. And it's also kind of throws off your balance when you're trying to do things because it's your pinky toe and that is needed for your balance. And so I say this to say that your gift 
is needed. And when you're in pain or you're not using your gift, we feel it. I feel it. Okay, so when it, you might feel as in, insignificant as a pinky toe, but you're not because it's needed for the balance of the whole church. <laughs> and one of my favorite quotes is by C.S. Lewis. And it says, if I, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logistical explanation is that I was made for another world. And this is the hope we have to hold on to today, that when we serve Christ, when we serve others, we store up treasures in heaven. So in Matthew 6, it says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy but, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So when we serve, not only does this have an eternal impact on ourselves, but the reality is we have the privilege when we serve others to affect their eternity. And in doing so, we even more so affect our eternity. So I encourage you tonight to ask yourself three questions. What does serving currently look like in my life? Am I utilizing my God-given gifts to serve? And what rocks are in the way of moving closer to serving like a disciple and not just a believer? But I want each person in this room to know that you are chosen and you are gifted and you are here for a reason. You are at this church for a reason. You are at this service for a reason. You are in your seat for a reason. And there's people around you for a reason. You may be like me and say, I love others, but I'm not the most outgoing. Or my heart feels like it's in a good place, but I'm just too busy to serve. You may not be loud, but when your voice is used to serve, that's the loudest voice in the room. You may be busy, but the reality is the church is full of busy people. There is a difference between value and urgency, and a very clear balance is needed in that as well. Don't let the enemy steal one more moment of your time trying to convince you that you're too busy to serve. As we give ourselves away more and more, as we put others above ourselves, we'll begin to feel more fulfilled and secure. God's grace is the action and our serving is the reaction. We serve because he first came to serve. Um, my husband is a big tennis player. Do we have any tennis players in the house or ten tennis fans? A few, yeah, okay, okay. There's like three, that's awesome. Um, so we've been watching Wimbledon and I'm not, I, I'm not a good tennis player. I'll also admit that. Not a good tennis player. But I enjoy watching. It's really fun. Um, and so as I was preparing for this, you know, anytime you are preparing for something, um, whether it's a paper or a speech that you're giving and they give you a topic, you always look up the definition, or at least I do look up the definition first and think about what my definition is for it. So um, I was preparing and we were watching Wimbledon and I was thinking about what serving um, looks like in the context of tennis, okay? Or it'd be the same thing for like volleyball. Um, when you serve, you start the play. So when Jesus came to earth, he started the play for our salvation. And when we serve others, we start the play for their salvation and we continue the play for our own. So that's just something I was thinking about having that eternal mindset and serving others because that starts the play. So let's just not agree with this this weekend. Let's run with it. 
Let's believe it. Let's serve with greater passion, a humbler heart, and above all, a mindset that is honoring to the one that came to serve. So Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity tonight to be with everyone in this room. We thank you that you came to serve for us. We thank you for everything that you've given us and for giving us the example of how to serve other people with a humble heart. Jesus, I just pray for each person in this room that whatever rocks are in their way, whatever serving looks like for them, that their heart is just softened and that we each day take the steps that we need to take to become more of a disciple in our servant's heart and not just a believer. Jesus, just thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for each person in this room. In your name we pray, amen. And if we can keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed in this place, I love to give the opportunity for anyone in this room to give their hearts to Jesus. Maybe you're in this room and you, this, this is all new to you. You've never heard these words. You don't know who this guy Jesus is. But something in this message spoke to you. Tonight is your night to give your heart to Jesus and to proclaim him as your Lord and Savior. I'm able to walk with joy and serve humbly because the highest of kings came in the most humble of frames. Before we fully step into a servant's heart, we need to accept the servant that came to us first. So when I say three, you're just gonna slip your hand up in there and put it back down if you're making this decision. One, Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Two, when I make this decision, you're a brand new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. You are brand new. It doesn't matter what you did five years ago. It doesn't matter what you did five minutes ago. It doesn't matter what, where you've been or what you've done. You are made brand new tonight. Three, if that's you, lift your hand up in there. Yes. Yes. Just give it one more moment. Don't want to rush through this. If that is you. All right, church together. Can you pray with me? Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned. I know that I have fallen short. Please forgive me. Today I receive your gift. The free gift of salvation. Jesus, you are my Lord. Jesus, you're my Savior. And today I choose to follow you for the rest of your, my life. And everybody said, amen. Church, can you stand your feet and celebrate what God is doing in this place? All right, at this time, I'm gonna invite the prayer team members down. And if you made this decision tonight to give your heart to Jesus, or if you're just curious about what that means, we have a Now What book, a free gift for you that we wanna resource you with your next steps in following Jesus, your next steps in, in developing that servant's heart that I talked about. And if you made that decision tonight, do not go to sleep tonight without telling someone that you made that decision because that person that you could, you're telling could be the person that's been praying for you for a very long time. So do not go to sleep without telling someone. And if you, if you felt something in this service, if you felt God's strength, something in your heart, write it down. 
Go home tonight, pray about it, write it down, and don't let that go. Let's run with this tonight, okay? And if you have a big need or a small need, yes. Cool. Um, If you have a big need or a small need, you can come down. Prayer team members would love to talk with you and pray with you. Or even if you have a praise report, like Noah talked about, come down and share it with a prayer team member. They want to rejoice with you. And then just a reminder, we do have the grill out directly after service. So don't miss out on that. Um, You guys are awesome. Have a great week. And we will see you on Saturday for Serve Day.